0: Welcome to church redeemed maybe few in number this, this evening summer holidays that means you all are gonna have to sing a little bit louder that's okay with you amen well let's enjoy ourselves it's a good opportunity to be in the house of god to hear from him let's just sing this song i know the theme of our lives right now has been rapture 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 we're going to another place amen and I am thinking of a rapture in our blessed home on high. When the redeemed
1: are gathering in, I will praise the heavenly anthem in that city in the sky. When the redeemed are gathering in, oh, when the redeemed are gathering in, one oh, that's.
0: are gathering in, and we'll hear it the Lord, when the redeemed are gathering when the in, when the redeemed glad Jesus set me free. Amen. Let's rejoice tonight. Why don't we all stand, sing this song of rejoicing as we prepare our hearts for the word. Oh, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Folks are building hopes down here, they're planning ahead. Later. Remember me, Almighty One. Um, we have a couple of prayer requests. We also have a testimony. My mother-in-law just would like to thank the Lord, Sister Lillian. She wants to thank the Lord for healing her from constant chronic migraines. She would have them almost every single day. Um, she, ha- she came up for prayer last Wednesday, and she hasn't had one since. So we want to thank the Lord for that. We serve a God who heals. Amen. We had a wonderful time at the prayer meeting on Monday. Thank you all for who were, were able to be there. The Holy Spirit was really faithful, I believe. And many needs that were penned down, many needs that were requested. I know that God is going to answer those needs. We have a couple of needs here Sister Helen Billisberger, who we prayed for. She will be going in for surgery tomorrow. Uh, a friend of uh, myself and Gabe, um, his name is Peter Morelli. He's, been, he's a Christian man. He's, a very, he's been very good to us. Uh, he want, he's requested prayer for his father in law. His father's-in-law, his name is James. He was diagnosed with glaucoma. And uh, we just want to remember that. Sister Antonia from Norway. Um, or she's from Germany, but she was, at, she was just at the camp in Norway, and which was last week. And since she came home, the doctors found a tumor. And they call it malignant lymphoma. And so she will be starting chemo treatments. And she would just ask the saints here to pray for that need. Maybe we'll just ask for the Curtis, if you come, open the service in a word of prayer. Just sing this song.
1: Oh remember me.
2: Come to quiet ourselves, Lord. We know that still small voice. We know your voice, Lord. You have taught us over the years. You taught us your voice in the valleys, Lord. You spoke to us on the mountains. We know our shepherd. We know the word we know our redeemer and Lord we've been ministered to you all day long today at work on the roads and the stores that loud voice Lord it's troublesome to the heart to our minds to our families we need a refreshing tonight Lord Jesus Lord, just hold us in your arms tonight. Speak to us in the way that only you can speak to us, Lord. So personal, so intimate, Lord. We just love you so much, Jesus. Whatever you put on our brother's heart to say, Lord Jesus, we know it's directly from you. we don't believe that right now Lord deal with us right now if there's some unbelief Lord help us our unbelief we don't need a man right now we need you Jesus Lord all the prayer requests from all week Monday night tonight Lord we just hand it over to you Jesus And we ask you to minister to those hearts, Lord, to increase their faith, to speak directly to them, Lord, and show them that you've done it all. It's already been done, Lord, right on Calvary. There's nothing more you could do, Lord. Let us just receive that and give you thanks right here, right now, Lord. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you will do. We got it all. We're the richest. We're so rich in you, Jesus. What more would we want except for you, Jesus? Everything we need is in you. And we just receive it, Lord. If we're poor, that's our fault, Lord. You have made us so rich in you. We accept our healing. We accept our position in you, Lord. We accept your promises. And we just love you, Lord. We bless your holy name.
0: Amen. May have your seats. I think we have a special tonight for the Israel. If you could get ready for your special, we'll just sing this song as he gets ready. I stand in awe with.
2: Bless you feel free to sing along with me a song. We all know
0: going. Amen. Let's sing that song as we invite Brother Michael to come. Psalms 34. I sought the Lord and he answered me. Let's seek him tonight. Amen. We're here to receive from the word of the Lord. And I know Brother Michael is a burdened man. He just came from camp in Norway. He spoke five services there. He's coming here, speaking tonight. He's got camp on his mind. Let's just pull on the word. Amen. There's been a soldier that has labored, who has set himself aside. Let's do our part as well. Amen. And I sought the Lord. And he answered me and delivered me from them.
1: never be ashamed. They'll never be ashamed. This. Boy.
3: Let us bless the Lord again. Let's all stand as we just sing that. Go right into let us bless the Lord. I think that's what we can do tonight. So we came here to do. May we bless him every day and night. Never ending praise. Amen. Let's sing that now. Let us bless the Lord. The lord every day and night oh may lord our prayers and our thanksgiving be like incense lord up before your throne tonight lord today lord let all the things of this day and the, the encumbrances of the world and the thoughts lord that would consume our mind may it just fade away lord and the only thing that would consume us this very moment is that our praise and adoration would lift up into the heavenly realms tonight that you would know there's a people, you would know there's a bride that's adorning herself with your word. And she is saying, Lord, hear our praise this evening that we love you. We love your word. We love that you've come in this day, in this hour, and you've given us, Lord, a seat inside that we can respond to it, Lord. Oh, God, every day and night we glorify you. May you move in a mighty way tonight in our midst, Lord Jesus. Hearts, Lord, are needing maybe to be turned towards you. Lord, there's issues in lives that need to be dealt with. Lord, but for for first and foremost, we want to draw close to you, Lord. Lord, each one here, Lord, that we could step a little bit closer. Lord, and your presence would envelop us, Lord, we pray. Lord, as we've heard over these last services, that, Lord, your angels would bump into us, Lord. And, Lord, we would walk out of these doors tonight never the same again. Lord, as those that walked out of the doors of, of the first of Pentecost, Lord, in the days of Acts, Lord, they were never the same again. Lord, because you moved in a mighty and unique way. So I pray tonight you do just the same. Stir hearts, change lives, loose those that are bound. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Glory to his name. God bless you tonight. Good to see you. Thankful to be in this house. been precious to us these last many months We're thankful that he moves and deals thankful we had a wonderful prayer meeting we can join together in prayer and unite together as a body it's all that matters we go to work we go to school we have summer vacation but all that matters is Jesus that's all that matters amen camp coming up here just around the corner Couple little, just quick announcements there. Just everybody's at camp, unfortunately, or fortunately, and therefore, unfortunately, there's no going to be no services streamed here (laughs) because everybody is uh, on grounds and there's just not enough people to be able to to man the systems and such. So, if you want to listen live, you get across that border. If not, you're at home, (laughs) praising us and joining in at your streaming computer. Uh, Anybody that's RVing. Uh, We have different ones. Usually I know the weekend is easier to come up and and get your RVs situated. So that is totally fine. You can come up any time. In fact, nobody's even at the camp. It's just uh, open. There's nobody there. And so as you need anybody that is RVing, feel free to come and and bring your trailer up there and and, uh, just be relaxed in being able to do that. Greetings from Norway. (laughs) We have Norway with us. Hey, man, Brother Daniel, we're just crossing paths. Who who could put this together, huh? only God. We were privileged to be able to be with Brother Per, Brother Jan, and the uh, believers there in Norway, different ones from around Europe, Germany, and Holland, and UK, and just many different believers come together. Their first time for having to be able to have international uh, gathering since COVID, so that was a wonderful moment. We were able to meet different ones. Brother, I told Brother Richard, Brother Rogne, has greeted you, and Brother Vitali from Lithuania also greets the people and Brother Ed. eh, My goodness, so many, so many greetings. I just can't even, couldn't even keep track. But my, it's a body. So you know, it's a body. We're connected in a different way that this world can't explain. You can drop in a country you've never been to before and you can meet a people that you're just like, are we family? You know, did we just, just you know, speak to each other yesterday? It's because something connects us. And man, it's a supernatural connection. And so we look forward to meeting again. I pray the other side very quickly would be the preferred way. But until then, we'll see how the Lord leads. So God bless you from the saints there. Why don't we turn to our Bibles? It was very interesting, it was almost strange that 40 plus years later, Brother Ed had been there 1976, and I told the people, I said, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought I'd be standing in front of the believers in Norway this many years later, but I just said, you know what, it's a testimony of God's grace, amen, that this word will stand, amen, it'll stand, and God had God's power is a keeping power, Amen. So testimony in the face of the enemy. God will raise a people. Will I find faith? I say yes, Lord. <laughs> you sure shall. You sure shall. Amen. Let's turn to judges this evening. Pray the Lord, help me tonight. Now, brother Tom, I was really upset there on Sunday. If you notice near the end of the service, I got a little quiet. <laughs> I says you can't be doing this to me. I was just weighing the weather. Brother Thomas said, well, if you feel to take the service. I said, well, I'll tell you on the week. Maybe I'll tell you on Monday. Well, by Sunday afternoon, he said, nope, not taking the service. You stomped all over anything I was thinking about. So he says, well, I think that's more confirmation. You should take the service. (laughs) So if you're like, well, I heard that on Sunday. Well... I've had, I actually had even wrote these notes down before a few weeks, several weeks before even flying away to Norway, and I never actually spoke it in Norway, didn't feel to go that direction, so here we are. So this has been sitting here for a little bit, Ah, Lord knows, amen, maybe a little bit of a, just a little thought tonight, Wednesday home cooking, (laughs) I like home cooking, I'm a roast beef and mashed potato kind of guy, so (laughs) we'll enjoy it tonight, amen, let's judge as one, And we'll start, I'm going to just kind of work my way through this, through this chapter and maybe I'll have you, uh, sit down after a couple verses and then I'll continue through the chapter. It says at the beginning, now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying, who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? So here they're saying, Lord, who's going to go first? They've been told they've got an inheritance in the land. They've crossed over and. He said, Now who's going to go up against these Canaanites first? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we, we, we may fight against the Canaanites, and likewise I'll go with thee and into thy lot. You know, teamwork. <laughs> Help each other out. So Simeon went and went with him. And Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they slew them in Bezek 10 thousand men my why don't we all just stop there we'll just have a word of prayer and we'll have you sit down amen heavenly father Lord your word Lord is Lord if you don't bring spirit and life into it Lord we can just read it it just be dead letter but Lord we don't want that tonight we want you to bring Lord the life behind it and anoint your word Lord for your word is life and that's what we need tonight Lord too too much death in the land, but your word has come, Lord, that it may bring life, Lord. And so, Lord, would you take both here and speaker tonight, and we commit your word into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. So I want to take just a little subject, uh, a title it tonight, Nothing Left Unclaimed, Nothing left unclaimed, and Amen. The Eba, nothing, nothing. Yes, sir. And Judah went up here as we open the scriptures. Judah went up before to take the Canaanites, and Simeon's going to help them. And if you go through the uh, through the rest of the chapter, you'll note the different ones that uh, the different tribes that started to go. And so there's just different scriptures and the children of. Uh, we'll just if I, if I slip down even all the way to seventeen, Judah went up with Simeon. They slew the Canaanites. They inhabited Zeph- uh, Zephath and utterly destroyed it. And then the, and the name of the city was called Hormon. Judah took Gaza and Ashkelon, the coast, and Ekron. And the Lord was with Judah and drave out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out. Look now. But could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. My. Now, hey, the Lord had told them, go forward. Where should we go? Who's going to go first? God said, Judah, go for it. You're first. He takes Simeon. But here something happened where they came into a valley. And because there was chariots of iron, something rattled them. Something happened. Maybe instead of of not driving, maybe they should have gone back and said, Lord, you gave us this land. What do we need to do? But instead it says they did not drive out the inhabitants of the valley. Because they had chariots of iron. They looked at it maybe and said, oh dear goodness, they got something we don't have. They look a little more fortified. God help us. They were they had already gone through too much. They'd gone to Jericho and all these different places. Surely they would have known that God was on their side. And they gave Hebron now to Caleb. Next verse. And as Moses said, and there's different scriptures. But then as we go down, what happened is that the men went into the land of the Hittites and built a city. Going to verse 27. And it says, neither... So here Jude, Judah can't get through these chariots of, of iron. And then we have this crumbling or this a bit of a uh, process here. Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean and her towns. And the inhabitants, nor the towns of Dor. Nor the inhabitants of Ibelium. Neither did, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo. And it came to pass, when Israel was strong, that they put the Canaanites... To tribute. Well, no, they didn't drive him out. He said, well, we'll just give him the tribute. Dear goodness, what's happening? Neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of ne- Nehalo, but the Canaanites dwelt among them and became tributaries. Another one. Neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Acor, or the inhabitants of Zidon. But the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites. Now it's flipped. Now it's not, neither did they drive them out. Now it's Asher, he dwelt among the Canaanites, instead of the, even the other way around. And the inhabitants of the land, if they did they did not drive them out. Neither did Neftali drive out the inhabitants of Beth nor the inhabitants of Beth uh, Bethanath. But he but he dwelt among the Canaanites again, another one. And, he, and here we go, even to the last. Of one of the scriptures here, and it said, and the Ammonites, or Amorites, forced the children of Dan into the mountain. My. How we, how it has, has fallen here. Into the mountain. For they would not suffer them to come down into the valley. My goodness. What a moment. After years of wandering through the desert, they've been given a promise. They'd been given that they had, they, the land was theirs; it was theirs to possess. They had, Moses had told them it was theirs. Joshua had told it was theirs. They had had it multiple times. Go forward and possess the land. And then here they come to the moment, and Judah says, "Now, Lord, who should go up?" The Lord says, "Judah, go for it." All right, but then somehow something happened that as each one went forward. And whether they're looking, well, you know, he didn't, so, you know, I don't need to. And he didn't force them all out, so I don't need to force them all out. I don't know what was going on, but neither, 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 neither did these tribes of Israel move any of these Canaanites out of their land. Now, just hold that thought. They weren't laying claim to their land is what they weren't doing. They had been given it. They were told they were told they could and to claim to lay claim to something. Is a demand of a right, a demand of a right or a supposed right, a claim they had claim to it. God had given it to them. They had an, it implies a right or supposed right in the claimant in, to something which is in another's hand. So somebody else possesses it, but I've got a claim to it. And so, the rightful thought would be, I'm going to take it from you. A right to claim or demand is a title to any debt or a privilege. Or other thing in possession of another. A prince has a claim to the throne. So they say. So when someone has a claim on something. It's the expected outcome. Is I'm going to exercise my right. To possess it. Alright. It's my claim. I have a claim on it. You know but Tom touched on it. He said you know how many people. Don't claim. Something that's theirs. You know there's a whole lot of unclaimed money. Sitting. Waiting. Somebody claim me. You'd think people would be running to get the money. You know, it's not always the case, though, because the government reports between uh, there's they, they just launched a new feature not too long ago, February 10th. At the end of May, this uh, just a bit ago, uh, Canadians redeemed more than two hundred and sixty thousand uncashed checks totaling sixty three point seven million dollars just within a very short period of time. Because the government put out a website and said, hey, you know what? There's some money out here that's just sitting in the bank account. The government actually will not give it away. And it sits there. In fact, the central bank has $888 million of unclaimed funds. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Almost a billion bucks just sitting there. Nobody's claiming it. It's unclaimed. Isn't that terrible? Don't all rush to the website and be like, oh, put my name in. Any checks do me? You can do it. That's what they're doing. Because they're trying to find out. Maybe there's some check somehow that I didn't know. It didn't get to my mailbox or whatever it is. And, and so it's sitting there waiting. Go and claim your land. <laughs> yep. There's 133 million in another department of the government. It's got 300,000 checks sitting there. In fact, recently there's a 1.9 million dollar inheritance. It's sitting currently idle in BC and it's waiting for the next akin to claim it. It's unclaimed. Maybe that's you. I wouldn't know. There's also, well, there was. I don't know if it just if it got uh, if it got knocked down. Actually, no, it did not. A fifteen million dollar Lotto Max ticket was purchased nearly a year ago, and it's sitting there waiting, unclaimed. They have until August 13th. Actually, yeah, it's 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 up very quickly. That's why it was in the news. The time was ticking for the poor winner. Maybe he's a uh, poor fellow that misses that one. You're a day late and a dollar short unclaimed wouldn't that be terrible somebody that w- could really use it maybe they're destitute good grief they could have been spent their last toonie on some lotto ticket and here they have fifty million bucks sitting in some some place and, and and they miss it that would be terrible it would be terrible if the bride of christ is sitting here i mean i could just jump way far ahead you can see where i'm going sitting here destitute spiritually and there's a resource to tap into, and we're just sitting here. My God, help us. Amen? There we go. Well, let's close up. You're dismissed. <laughs> yeah. No. It is the case, unfortunately. But you know what? A lot of times we don't think that it really applies to us. Right? Generally it just doesn't apply to us. Especially all those types of things. You say, well, I'm not really a descendant of this, that, or the will, or whatever it is. and you know. But I'm telling you, if someone had dropped and said, you know what, listen... There's a 150 acre estate. It's now yours. You just got to come and claim it. Well, I'm telling you right now, you'd all jump up and you'd be running. You'd probably forget I'm even preaching and saying, are you kidding me? I've got a, I've got a, I've got a massive estate that I'm doing. I don't any of you would say, you know what? I love the pad I'm at. I love my apartment or my condo. You know, I'm making, you know, 60, 70, 80. I don't care what thousand, you know, a year. I'm good. Forget it. You know, take your estate. I don't need it. It wouldn't happen. Not one of you. Not one of you. (laughs) Sit there all smug. Yeah, no. No. No, but this is where Israel was. Israel was sitting there. They'd been given a land by God. They'd told him, it's yours. It's yours. Go and take it. And he told them way back at Abraham. And now it's right in reach. It's right, right there. But you know what? Somebody was on it. Somebody was in their land and they had to do a little bit of work, a little bit of effort to take it over. But you know, that's just so not 21st century, you know, good grief. How many squatter places do we got? How many, how many tent cities we have? It's like, well, you know what? You just, ah, just stay there. Take over, do what you want to do. That's really what was happening back in in Israel. It was like, yeah, you, looks like you've kind of you know set yourself up here, and, and you, you know you're you're living. I'd hate to kind of throw you out of your city. I mean, you got families and babies and all that kind of thing. And so why don't you just hold tight? You know, you can actually just pay tribute to us. It's just not correct to move people out of their land anymore. You know. It's not correct to really move that little devil in our, in my, in my home, you know, we'll just kind of just, you know, pay tribute. It's to, you know, it kind of gives you something back. It kind of gives you something back, you know? So there's a little, maybe, you know, Hey, they were enjoying a little bit of money coming in from these Canaanites so they could do stuff, you know, and there could be something to sitting there. It's giving you a little pleasure. It's giving you a little something back. Well, do I really need to get rid of that? This is what they were doing. He said, man, we can just have them do a tribute to us. We can tolerate it. We can tolerate it. It's okay. We'll give a little bit of land up. And they left that land unclaimed. Sitting there. My. Joshua, he said, take good heed. Back in chapter 23 of Joshua, just before he passed. He said, therefore unto yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Else if you do anywise, go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you. So he's already talking to them because they'd already crossed over and there's these ones over already in line. He said, even if you do likewise and shall make marriages with them and go in unto them and they to you know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you. But they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes. They were warned. They were warned until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God had given you. All the way back in Exodus, Moses says, thou shalt make no covenant with them nor with their gods. That was pretty clear. They hadn't even got there yet. And he was already telling them, it isn't happening. Don't you dare make a deal. Don't you dare negotiate. Don't you dare tolerate. Don't do nothing. He said, they shall not dwell in thy land. Moses was laying it down. Lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. My, my. This was the warning. But you know, they let it happen. They let the squatters sit. They let them stay there. Squatters are terrible, man. Oh, they're terrible. You know, there's a, there was actually a, uh, there's a couple famous squatters. Believe it or not, one fella he lived in a home. At, well, he didn't pay rent, didn't actually pay his mortgage actually for 23 years. He avoided paying mortgage. It went his house sold three times on him, into the bank. But he squat. He sat there and squatted as long as he could. It took over 23 years for them to try and get him out. My goodness, you let someone sit there. You let a little devil sit there for a long time. He gets real comfortable. and You kind of get comfortable, too, with him. It's like, oh, you know what? It, it, it's it's working out. And he sat there for 23 years forgetting no payment. And there was no tribute coming on this one. He just sat there taking, just soaking it in, just drawing life, sucking from this situation. And that's exactly what his spirit does. He just starts sucking life from you. They tried to kick him out, this fella, My goodness, it took him, took him forever. And they finally did. 23 years. Another one in Australia. Guy walked by a home. It was vacant. And he looks. He says, hmm. So, what did he does he do? He changes the locks on the place. You say, wow. yeah, Yes, he did. In Australia, actually. Put a $150,000 renovation in it. It's not even his place. He moved in. He actually put it up for rent. And he rented it for 20 plus years. <laughs> I tell you. You say, that's crazy. But I wonder if there's a spirit that has moved in. And he starts just taking rent off you. Yeah. So, and he's setting up shop. He's like, that's not even your home. No, it's not. But you're just letting him stay there. He's a squatter. The devil's a squatter. And he'll take any opportunity he can. A vacant little home. Oh, hey. You know what happened? You know what this guy did? Years later, the rightful owners, they had inherited it. <laughs> and it left, was unclaimed. Didn't know it. And they found out that someone else was there. And guess where it went to court? And you know who won? The squatter. The squatter won. He sat there so long. He got squatter rights. Squatter rights. Squatter rights. Oh my goodness, if that ain't the old devil, when he can try and come into and sit there in someone's life, and I will get there in some back corner, sitting there just, just drawn off of your life, just, just causing some little, but you're tolerating his ridiculous wickedness in your life. Just something small and we'll go there. But after so long, he's like, I belong here. The guy got a $1.6 million property. And he put 150 grand in. And all the rent that he got off, got off that place. Can you believe it? And here now, these squatters were sitting in Israel. Israel's was getting a little pleasure off of it. They're getting their tribute. Thought it was okay. I tell you though, it's sucking life from you. Get rid of it. That's what the word of God is here to do. And he's here to say, get rid of the squatters. Tonight I pray that you're gonna just dig dig really deep. I want you to scour your land tonight. Scour every aspect of your world and say, Is there a little little corner of my of my land, of what God has given me, that there is just even one little foot of some little imp that's saying, mm this is my spot. Find it. Find it. And we're gonna boot them out tonight. We have no time for squatters. But Abraham says, he says, now Satan can push things over on you and just keep shoving you out and shoving you out. Satan, he was, if I went to my house tomorrow night and looked up there and there moved into my house, a big bunch of people and they're drunk and carrying on. And why well, I'd, I'd put them out. He says, what are you doing? going to do it. Uh, how are you going to do it? And say, I'm human. This house is made for humans so I can stay here. Bram says, this belongs to me. He says, this is my legal possession. I've got a deed here at the courthouse that shows it belongs to me, and you can't stay here no longer. And I'd serve notice on them, and they'd have to move. If they didn't, there's a law downtown, and that'll make them move. Well, he said, anything that Satan's put upon you, the way of sickness, or whatever it is born to every born-again person, has a warrant from God. (laughs) I love that. I highlighted it. I said, my goodness, every born-again person has got a warrant from God. I say, serve notice tonight. Say, I got a warrant, devil. (laughs) Straight from the courthouse of heaven that says, you don't belong here. And he's going to move you out. You can do nothing. I can do nothing. But Abraham says, hey, get out. I what are you going to do about it? Well, uh, yeah, you and what army? "Uh, Well, let me just um, show you that I've got a warrant (laughs) from my Lord Jesus that's who's coming after you not me I got no power but I got authority so I'm going to serve you notice devil that you're on my land you're causing me grief you're sucking from my spiritual life and I'm done with it you've been given the warrant (laughs) serve him notice don't package it up and put it in your pocket well well maybe some other day when he really bothers me then I'll serve it to him nope He might have got squatter rights on you by that time. Amen. A warrant from God. And the Holy Spirit is here to put any devil out. No matter if he's cancer, tumor, cataract, whatever he is, the Holy Spirit will put him out if you'll serve him. Notice in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he has no legal right. Amen. Glory. He says with his stripes we're healed. But you've got to go over and take it. So there's something you got to (laughs) do. Something we got to do. You know, and I, and I know often and because it's some it's many times the, the most prominent in our in our hearts and our on our minds is when we're, we're not well in body or we have sickness and we're in need. And so we're telling the devil, get off my property and we're standing in faith, believing in the scripture. But I also want you I want to go beyond just maybe our physical realm per se, because it's, it's it, we have a natural body indeed, but there is a spiritual body. Then if we're sick in that realm, it's much, much, much worse, amen. And so I want you to delve even further, and push, push. Really, like I guess, go into those far-reaching corners where maybe just a little Canaanite is sitting, maybe some little complex that's just sitting there, just some situation, and you can't let it go. It's someone on your land. It's hindering you. It's hindering a relationship. It's causing uh, a a bitterness potentially even. Or even a root of bitterness to, 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 to hold up. Maybe it's a grudge. Maybe it's something unforgiving. It's holding hurt inside. I'm telling you. That is a Canaanite. We have to let that go saints if you intend to move forward in Christ with a freedom and a liberty in your life with Jesus Christ, it's hindering you. It's hindering you. If you have certain relationships and you have an ought or you won't talk to somebody because of this, that is a Canaanite. It'll hinder you. It'll hinder you. I was just in Amsterdam for a very long layover. And I went to Cory Tenboom's house. And she was confronted at after she had been released from prison and, and during the war, and I won't go into the story. Many of you will know who Cory Tenboom is, the hiding place. And she was confronted with the man, one of their guards that had abused and, and beaten and whatever else at the at the at the at the prison that she was at to her. And he came up to her after one of her talks and he said. I found Christ and he's forgive me and I've accepted Jesus Christ and he asked would you forgive me <laughs> can you imagine that you know she said after this she says forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred it is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Amen. Forgiveness. And your land of freedom and joy, free from the heaviness of anger, from the heaviness of bitterness, is all there, but it takes a little forgiveness key and can unlock that for you. Amen. Don't let that little Canaanite hinder you from moving forward in your land. Yeah. Maybe he's blocking you. He set up shop right there in the middle, and you can't even get to the other half of it because he's a blockade. Get rid of him. This is where we live. We have interactions. We have relationships. We have friendships. This is our day to day. I don't talk to this person because they did this to me, and da 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 da. The devil. We deal with it. He said, Lord, we want full liberty. We want you to move 100% within our lives. And we don't negotiate. Don't negotiate with the enemy. Ain't hey, no negotiations here. Well, you know, if, if you just uh, do this or that or, or the devil, he wants to negotiate with you. But he says, death itself has no reign over a Christian. He says, we don't have, he goes, uh, brother, we need some Christians, not jellyfish, but with a backbone. He says, that's right. He goes, you know what happens with the jellyfish? He goes, uh, He goes. Uh, you hit him, and he splatters all over everything. He says, you know what usually eats them? Crabs. He goes along the seashore. He goes, we're not jellyfish. We need a backbone that'll stand. Oh, don't mean to fuss with people, but stand for your God-given rights that Christ died for. Don't no push around. We don't have to be no sir. We have an inheritance. Amen. He says, and our inheritance belongs to us. It's our privilege to have anything that you inherited through Christ Jesus. He said, Satan will say, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. satan's gonna say hey listen let's make a deal you know if you just do this this way or you know you just treat maybe don't just you know just just avoid that person you know don't deal with it you just just avoid them and then all's good you go to church and just you know that's fine sing your songs raise your hand but just, just just don't talk to them no more just pretend it didn't exist that's negotiating with the devil no you go to that person and you deal with it and you deal with it and you make it right. What do you have to do by the word of God? If they don't accept it, they whichever else there, there's a, there's God. The word of God goes through that, but you do your part. No negotiating with the enemy. He says, we don't negotiate. He goes, no, you ain't going to do nothing. That's the way to talk back to him. He says, I know my position in Christ, and you just might as well get away. I ain't listening to you no more. I got an inheritance. Your inheritance is freedom. Your inheritance is a love in Christ. Your inheritance is all of that kindness and joy and peace. It's not animosity and malice and anger and hatred. You know, Shamgar, he had a squatter. He surely had a squatter. And he had probably negotiated. He must have negotiated for a long time. Just just, just leave me with one bag. No, forget it. Well, maybe just half a bag. Go back home. Give me a quarter bag of wheat. I mean, I threshed it. I did everything. Just give me something. My family's dying. They're starving. Can I get like an eighth of a bag? Well, here's a tenth. Oh, thank you. He negotiated maybe for a little while. But at some point, some point Shamgar said, I'm done negotiating. I ain't going back and forth with you no more. I don't want a tenth of my, my allotment. I don't want half of my allotment. I want everything. God said it's my land and I'm going to possess it. Whatever it may be. If it's healing. If it's a disease. If it's whatever in my life is needed. A relationship or something. Whatever it is, I want it all. And so Shamgar says, I'm done. I'm going to arm myself. Amen. He said, I'm going to arm myself with something. He says, well, what are you arm yourself with? Well, I'm going to pull out a really big sharp sword. It's a goad, A nub. A piece of wood. A little silver nub on the top. Well, oh, that looks pretty good. Well, that, that's really powerful there, Shamgar. What are you going to do about it? He says, well, but Abraham said, I can see the tears run down his cheeks. Poor little thing. His wife was starved to death. He said, and his little children are hungry. He came up to a point. He said, I'm fed up with it. You got to come to a point where you're fed up with it said I'm just done with living this way. I'm done with not being fulfilled in my life. I'm living halfway in the world and halfway in church and coming back and forth and and, and really I just got nothing. I'm just empty inside. I'm done. Amen. Arm yourself. With something you might feel is really really somewhat looking useless, but I tell you, arm yourself with a little prayer. It might look pretty to the to the devil it says, well, "What's that?" Well, that's my atomic bomb. You know that his ox goad, whether you like it or not, it was his atomic bomb. Because what it did in that time was it drove the enemy away. It didn't really matter. if It was a toothpick. It was going to drive the enemy away because God was coming behind his confession. God was stepping behind what he was choosing to do. He says, I'm going to possess it. I'm going to put it in action and I'll take what I got. Well, what is it? It's a goat. You put in your hand, whatever you got. Say, I'm putting the word of God on my lips. He said, the Philistines, big old fat potato bug comes right in and take it right out. That's your prophet. That ain't me. Big old fat potato bug comes right in and take it right out just as fast as he can make it. That's the way the devil will do it. Chop it right away from you. Take everything he can get. get, Come right around and rob you every bit of experience you got. Take everything away. Pointed to some old crow bait lying on the bank. Oh my! Says I see Shamgar. His righteous indignation, brother Roy. His righteous indignation rose up. Like it did for you in a prayer meeting just a couple days ago. He said, I'm done with this. I know a God that healed my mom. He he, he delivered her of a cancer, of a tumor. I in righteous indignation said, my God can deliver her. He can deliver Sister Ramona. He says, stand up and claim your God-given privileges. God promised you healing. It's yours. If you're too weak and jellyfish to take it, you'll die. But you want to stand and say, it's right. Then I stand. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. God give us the boldness of a shamgar. You know, who, who really only gets a couple verses in scripture. But boy, does he hold some impact. May you might, you might hold maybe on the grand scheme of things. You say, well, I'm just really just a couple verses worth. I might be even just a word worth of scripture. But may you have impact. Like Shamgar, may you take God's word, and may the devils in your life cannot even come against you because you stand like he stood. May your righteous indignation rise. Grab your ox goad and jump, he said through the window. Challenge six hundred Philistines. Why? He said, not a warrior. Oh, he said, well, I'm not a minister. I'm not some super spiritual. Good. Not it was Shamgar. He wasn't a warrior. Not at all, but he was an Israelite. (laughs) But I'm a daughter of God. I'm a Holy Ghost-filled son of God. That's all that matters, because now you got it. Take your ox goad. Amen. Come against that squatter. Exercise that right. Amen. Now, you know, when we have land, and you have certain, you know, this is my land. Well, you have to have boundaries to define that. You have to have a boundary line. And the, and the word of God, it, it creates boundaries so you know what your land is. If there's no boundary, you wouldn't know what it is. You say, well, well, what is what is my land? What, is, what do I possess? The word of God gives you that. It creates boundaries and lines and, and landmarks, so to say. And so it, he goes, but watch, Eve stepped outside of the boundary. She stepped outside of the word, and that's where Satan got her. And behind the boundary, behind the word... She was protected, right? God had set forth what that was, but she stepped away. And so behind our boundary, behind the word of God, we've got peace. We've got freedom. Somebody says, well, that's just too too many do's and don'ts. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You've got it all wrong. Inside, behind the boundary, I'm free. Hate to break it to you, but what you got is bound, You're bound by and driven by the influences of the world. You say, well, I'm free to do what I want. Yeah, you're right, you are. You're being influenced and driven by the agenda of the devil himself and every social media influence that you've got. Don't tell me you're doing your own thing. You're doing the devil's thing. But I'm telling you behind this wall, inside this boundary, I am free, free from this world of sin. And that's what I want to be behind. God draw the boundaries around me that I may stand behind your word. In this land, is liberty. In this land, you can recognize who you are. And a burning, hot desire. Not a lukewarm. A hot desire for the things of God. And so these landmarks, they have to stay. The boundaries must stay. The scripture says, remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. It says in Deuteronomy, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark which they they of old time have set in thine inheritance. In another scripture it says, cursed be the one. That removes a landmark. God considered landmarks extremely important because they defined the land you had. Someone came along and was like, yeah, here's the landmark, but now it's there. That's my land and yours just got smaller. Oh. Man, I love this. I'm growing my land. Oh, this is beautiful. Meanwhile, this guy is shortchanged. He's got the landmark moving. The Bible said, Cursed be that one that would move a landmark. Cursed be the one that would move and, and, and change the word of God. And move what God has set as a standard. That's scripture. And Satan wants to change the landmark. He was changing it right in Genesis. Changing, no, no, no. You won't die. You'll be as gods. And he's shifting the landmark just a little bit. And he's doing it all the time. Oh, he's doing it all the time. Amen. And he's trying to. He's trying to if we would go into it. If you don't know the land you're standing on, how do you have confidence in what you're fighting for? How do you have confidence? If if you don't know it's yours, like, well, I don't know what is my land. I have no clue. I don't know what I'm fighting for. That's why a boundary is very important, a landmark, so that you know exactly where you're standing. Amen? We need to know that because when you know where you're standing and you're on the Word of God, then you know, hey, this is worth fighting for. And then you can drive down this stake and you can say, you know what? It's worth dying for. It's worth living for. It's forgiven for. Whatever it is, it's worth it because this is my inheritance. I know exactly where my land lies. He says, oh, inheritance that was lost or forfeited had to be redeemed back to us again. He said, I think it's time come to a time when we've got to know how we stand. How can you do anything unless you got faith in what you're doing? You got to have faith. And that's my purpose of doing this with the church here is to give the believers faith and confidence in what they're standing for. Thank God for a message that could come and he, a prophet could stand here and preach sermon after sermon after sermon so that we could have confidence in what we're standing for. He said, because it's the word of God, word of the Lord, then you got perfect confidence. Now, but if you don't know your land, oh, someone has made you unsure. And like, well, uh, is that mine? Are those my rights? Is, is that what I'm... I, 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 I don't know. Do, do I really believe in that? Really? Uh, you know, where's the sign of his coming? Uh, is that really... Do I believe... Is the rapture really here? And you start being unsure of really where your lines and boundaries are. You step out. And it's actually your protection. It's your armor. And you start wondering, And the landmark gets moved. You know what happens? As I said, your landmark, devil wants to shrink your land. He wants to shrink really what you're standing on. Because if he can shrink it and will you down to really no land in Christ, that you really don't have any idea. You're just sitting here like, well, I don't know what I possess. Healing? I, I don't know. Uh, he, he's pushed you so far back. And he's expanded his borders and caused you to doubt everything that you even stood for. That's what he's going to try to do. And dispute the landmark. Remove a marker. Wow. Do you really need to live the life? Really? Little makeup here. Little makeup there. Is it really needful? Let's just move that boundary a little bit. And that's how he just wants to do. Do you really? You can hold a grudge against that person. Just one. I took a service with the kids and I said, you know, Satan wants you to hold a, hold, have something against maybe one or two people. Not more than that because if you had more than that, you'd know you're the problem. But if it's just a couple, they're the problem. But that's just the devil just moving a boundary. Yeah, it's okay to do that. And over time, the landmarks change. You know, when you leave a place, when you leave a place, and you come back after time, you are like, man, where's the, uh, where's that old tree that was here a long time ago? You know, wasn't that, wasn't that? Uh, you know, I'm surely that was around here. No, actually, you know, that big old tree that was there, it got cut down. Oh. Uh, where's that nice pond that was over there, that meadow there? Oh no, that's that swamp over there now. Because over time, you come back and landmarks, they changed. And I wonder if someone steps away. And things in their life, that they used to be such marker points in their life, and they step away from Christ, they get cold, and something starts to change. And things aren't the same anymore. And Satan suddenly wants to try and keep and shift in the boundaries of your inheritance and show you some better land. But his better land is a barren wasteland. Amen. Convincing you that something's better. Maybe for a season, it might look better, but I'll tell you that Satan feeds you a mirage. He's landmark void and he's boundaryless. And he just wants to show you something that just is just fake out there. And so then you have no clue and it's unclaimable. He said, well, what, what is my land? And you're in the void, nowhere's land. And that's really what happened down through the ages. Satan tried to whittle at really the word of God and start moving landmarks and start moving boundaries and work and eating away at the true word of God. And we saw, saw as you go through the ages, the dark ages and such, really it got whittled. Satan was moving and perverting and corrupting the word of God so much. But then God dropped a Luther on the scene. And he pointed back, he says, no, no, the just shall live by faith. And he's pointed back to a landmark... Maybe it had grown up all through those years and all through the dark ages and someone couldn't quite see, well, where exactly is that landmark there? But, oh, Luther came on point. He said, it's right there. It hasn't moved at all, but maybe Satan's put up all, a lot of things have grown up around it, but he came in and started raising it down again. He said, there it is right there. The just shall live by faith. And he started preaching back to the old landmark of faith. And then as time went through, then Wesley came on the scene. He says, oh, this sanctification, the blood shall never lose its power. You're sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ he pointed the people back to another landmark that hadn't moved yet it might have gotten grown up and things had changed and they lost their way but God sent someone and said no there it is that's the landmark there's the word of God for this day but it's just a little one here and so they're starting to define. oh that's That's our land. That's where, that's what we have to stand in. But it took a word in this day. It took a messenger in this day to then not just point to one landmark or one landmark. He started defining the line. He started to lay out a message and said, all of this is your land. The full word is being revealed today so you can stand square in the center and say, I'm a daughter and son of God. I am Mrs. Jesus Christ. That's what this word came. Saints of God, it came in this day to define your land. To say, that's where that landmark is. This in the name of Jesus Christ. It was serpent seed. It was sex in the garden. This is your land here so you can stand on the true word of God. Because then when you need to come toe to toe with the devil, you know exactly what you stand on. You imagine standing on nothing. Well, I don't know. Is there healing? Is is there power in the blood of the lamb? Oh, but we had one come. He said he's the same one that was with Abraham. He turned his back and said, why did you laugh? He represented Christ. Christ here today saying everything that word said is true. And we have a land that's rich. Rich. In resources. And I pray that we're not leaving them unclaimed. Because the message of this day has said, it's all there. And he's pointed you towards them, but you gotta go claim them. He said, well, I'm alone I need a comfort, brother Michael. Well, there's resources in the Word. Just start walking through the Word a little bit. Start walking through your land. Saying, oh, I'm a little, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little alone, oh. Maybe I'm going through a tough situation. Man, just, just start, just start traipsing through Psalms a little bit. Oh my goodness. Just go to Psalms 23. Lo, lo. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for He is with me. His rod and His staff, it comforts me. Just take walking a little bit. You find right away, hey, I don't feel alone no more because he is with me. You say, oh, brother Michael, I've been in such a sure situation. Well, start traipsing again through the word of God. says, take no thought for tomorrow. Take no thought for this. Take no thought because why? He holds your future. He holds it in his hand. say, oh, God, I I won't worry no more. Amen. He say, well, I'm feeling sick. Well, he's the God that heals all your diseases. Start walking through your land. Start mining out the resources. Say, oh, brother Michael, uh, you know, does God even see me? I feel like he don't even care for me anymore. He doesn't even know who I am. Well, start traipsing maybe through a little bit of Isaiah. Because it says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. He knows your name. He cares for you. He's saying, I know who you are. I formed you. I know your name said well I'm weak I need nourishment you know I found a scripture it says I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt open thy mouth wide and I will fill it (laughs) is that not good My goodness, I had not stumbled across that scripture. I was just walking through Psalms and said, oh my, if you're ever hungry, open your spiritual mouth and God will fill it because that's his word. Lord, I need a shield. I need a buckler. I need a protector. Just go through Psalms 91 a little bit. Oh, he that dwelleth in a secret place, he shall hide, abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress in God, my, who I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. Amen. Start mining, start mining your unclaimed land. Can you imagine, can you imagine a country that would have all the resources? My goodness, Canada has a tons of resources. Can you imagine if we we're all sitting here, poor as church mice, just all sitting in our little hovels? And here we've got oil and we've got wood and we've got all these things, diamonds in the north and all this kind of business. But no, 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 you know, just let it be. We don't have the means maybe or, we, we, you know, people can't even figure out how to how to mine it out. And so they, so we just sit there, unclaimed, resource rich, but dead. Let's not be that, people. Spiritually, a resource rich word. A resource rich message. Here we have it. Here and it's all there, but we need to do a little mining. We need to we need to pull it out. Amen. Where am I? Oh my. Amen. You know, sometimes we just have to bring it to remembrance, like we are tonight. And bring to remembrance what our inheritance is in the word of God. You would have to just start talking about it. Because it starts to change something. Because it actually started to change the prodigal son. And the prodigal son, he had gone out and he'd taken a portion of his inheritance and he'd left and he said, Ah, whoop, I'm gonna, you know, whoop it up and go 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 and do my thing. And so he spent it all off, and you know, sin is for a season, pleasurable first season, and then he found out that it has an end and zero fulfillment in anything, and he's just trudging through life now and trying to find something that means anything, and here he finds himself with a bunch of pigs in a husk, eating the husk with the pigs. And here he's he says, My he says, I hear my dad say, Well. This is the daddy. This is the daddy. We've always been taught that all things work together for good. He's rehearsing. Here's the daddy. He's rehearsing what he's been taught. He's walking through his land a little bit. He's saying, we've been taught all things work together for the good. To those that love God, let's pray. He says, I can see them get down on the floor, begin praying a little for little Johnny. I can hear them pray, oh God, take care of our boy. Wherever he is, wherever state he's in, take care of him now. Father, send him home where he's at, down in the hog pen. Go in the hog pen. There's daddy and mama. They're walking through their land. They're saying, this boy is ours. God gave him to us. God said all things work together for the good. I don't know how exactly, but he said it. So I believe it. So Lord, we're just going to get down and pray on our knees. We're going to go through our little land here. Because Lord, your word will not return unto your void. And so they start praying a little bit for their, for their lost little loved one. And here the angel of God now is sent to that hog pen that a mommy and daddy had been praying about. And the angel of the Lord gets sent down there and he says, boy wake up. He talked to him, he says, oh, what about you? Just get back home then. There, didn't let the boy No, He's just sitting there. He's munching on a husk of corn. And here, he gets bumped by an angel. He didn't even know about it. You say, well, you know, you gotta be in a spiritual atmosphere or something in church for that angel to bump you. No, no, no. An angel bumped a lost one. One that was a prodigal son in the muck and the mire of the sin. And God sent an angel through the prayer of mom and dad and it bumped into him. He said, hey boy, wake up now wake up now there's some boys and some girls there's a board in that room I said Lord wake them up now may that angel bump into them just right now as mummies and daddies are praying on their knees they're walking through their land a little bit they're saying go after our little boy they remembered and now the little boy starts to remember think my father that has all the wealth That he has and all the things that he has given me. And he starts pondering about his inheritance. And what land he has. And what God given him through his father. He's saying, my goodness, what am I doing down here? Dying of hunger, laying in a hog pen and eating. And the Bible said, he came to himself. Just thinking, an angel bump into him, cause him to think about, and he starts pondering all the inheritance of his daddy. Oh, my daddy owns a cattle on a thousand hills. My daddy, he's, he's got the power to heal. He's got the power to deliver. My daddy can give peace and joy and happiness. My, my daddy can break the bonds of slavery and sin. That's my daddy. That's what he's got. That's his inheritance. And he started pondering. And he got up. And he went back home. He said that's what the church needs today, is to come to themselves, to realize who their father is. Sometimes we act as though we have no heavenly father. For all the goodness of heaven belongs to the church. Divine healing, salvation, freedom from worry or anything, all belongs to the church. We inherited it all that God was through him because we're heirs of the kingdom rich. (laughs) Rich, you're rich tonight, saints. I don't know if you know it or not, but there's dim, some gems in here. There's some jewels. There's some, there's as they say, black gold. There's more than that in here. There's a whole lot of goodness. You start mining it. You know, Caleb never forgot. <laughs> Caleb, I love Caleb. I know there's going to be a long line. We'll all take numbers to have our time with Caleb. Well, I'm number two hundred sixty-seven four thousand five hundred ninety-one. Oh my goodness, that's like 8 trillion trillion years till my time with Caleb. But that's okay, I've got eternity to wait. <laughs> Caleb, his desire was for his land. Oh my goodness. And he wouldn't let no one forget about it. He kept it before him at all times. I can tell you he rehearsed this over and over and over again. Because he knew he had stood on the word of God. He knew he had not wavered. He was one of t- t- two out of twelve that had gone in spite of him and Joshua. And he says, Mm-mm, I know exactly. and Because Moses had told him that he had an inheritance in the land. Moses told him. So he kept it right here. You know what my inheritance is? He's giving me Hebron. He said, give me this here. He gave me that. He, he would rehearse it all the time. You know what? He had 40 years to talk about that. He taught, He said, Caleb, I've heard this 80,000 times. You got it. Because that's what God gave me. God gave me my son. You've been praying for like five years, for 10 years, for 20 years, for your daughter. That's okay. God gave her to me. And I'm going to walk in it. I don't care if it's 40 years. I will possess it when I cross. He was defining Where his inheritance lied, and no one was going to lay claim to his place. Why are you telling me this all the time, Caleb? Because I'm making sure that you know it's mine and not yours. It's my land, not your land. Amen. You got your land. You tell everybody that's my land. Amen. Caleb did. He said, Joshua 14, he says, then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite. He says, thou knowest... Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me. Okay, Joshua, you were there. You know exactly what he said to me. Forty years old was I when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy the land and brought the word again that was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren went up with me that made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Amen. He wasn't shy. He says, I, I, me. Me and just you, Joshua, were the only ones that stayed true to God. I did it. And I'm telling you, he gave me a promise. He said, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord thy God. say, Lord, I am wholly following thy word. And if that's the promise of Caleb, that's my promise. He says, And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. These forty and five years, he's 85. I can tell you he was saying it with some strength. He said, now the Lord spoke, since the Lord spake this word from Moses, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now. As my faith was then, even so is my faith now. It's been 45 years. I'm 85 years old, but even so, my faith is just as strong now as it was then. Amen? That's a Caleb people. He says, now therefore, give me this mountain that the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there. And the cities were great and fenced. And Joshua, I'll keep, skip ahead. Joshua blessed him, gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. I will tell you, he gave it to him. But he wasn't there yet. He said, it's yours. Thank you. I'm 85 and I'm gone. You know that he had to go through Judges. And if you read Judges 1, uh, go all through there, there's a whole lot of people that neither, 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 neither did they cast them out. Neither did they do this. And they took tributaries. But you know what Judges one twenty says? Caleb, in Judges one twenty, and they gave Hebron unto Caleb. So he'd still remembered, back from when Joshua told him, because Joshua is now dead. And they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and he expelled tents, three sons of Anak. There was no two sons of Anak, and he left one there, and he said, hey, you're pretty big and you're pretty rich, so I'd like to get some tribute from you. No, he said, I am going to do what I said I was going to do then. My God gave it to me, and I'm going to possess my land, and everything is getting raised. I'm going in, and you're all gone. And every one of Anak's sons were killed by Caleb. He expelled them. Amen. That's Caleb. We're a Caleb people. Expel Every Anak son in our land. Keep walking. Don't forget what God gave you. Don't let it become just a memory. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember that promise. But how exactly did it go? No, no, you rehearse it. You rehearse the promises of God. You walk through your inheritance. And you claim every bit of it. Because there might be a come of time you traipse into your land. You say, it's Hebron time. It's sons of Anak time. Caleb had to get there. There was a moment, an appointed time, where he dealt with them. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Well, I'll have to close. Because it's that time. Amen. I wanted to get into Boaz. Because he claimed everything that was his. I don't have time to get into it. Musicians can come. But Boaz, we know the story of Ruth. How he uh, had to be a redeemer. Redeemer. He had to, he had to, he had to be the, the, the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and, and, and time escapes me as, as Naomi left her inheritance and came back and it wasn't there. But there was, there, there was the, the redemption rights of Israel that could be followed and she could, she could have, there was a, a near kinsman that could come and, and, and buy back her land into her family that, that, that then it would become back into the family's possession. And so we, we know this story, but I just, I just so, so love how Boaz, he came up and he told Ruth, Ruth comes, lays at his feet. I, again, I don't have time to go into it all. And he says, you know, go home and, 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 and rest. But, uh, you know, and he told her there's a, there's another kinsman. You know, can you imagine Ruth thought Boaz was the kinsman, but there's another one. And now she's in some little bit of suspense and Boaz comes in the presence. Of this nearer kinsman. He comes to the gate. To speak of the property. Scripture says. Boaz went to the gate. And sat him down there. And says. Behold the kinsman whom Boaz spake said. Oh such a one. Turn aside. And sit down here. He wanted to. To speak to. Speak to Boaz. Speak to this near kinsman. And he took the the ten men. Of the elders of the city. And he sat down. And he says. Now listen. He says. There's a. There's. There's a property, uh, there's uh, a Naomi that's come out of the gate of the country of Moab and selleth a parcel of land, which is our brother's uh, MLX. And I advertised these saying before the inhabitants and before the elders, if thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, then tell me. And I find it interesting that, boys, he said nothing about Ruth. (laughs) He says, there's some land you could redeem. What do you think you want? You want that? Oh, Yeah. That sounds pretty good. I think I think I would. I don't even know if he even knew about it. Who knows? It's like Boaz saying, hey. You know, he he caught him at the gates. But he said, then he says, whoa, wait. He said, okay. He says, yeah, I will redeem it. Boaz says, wait. The day thou buyest that, the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy also of Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead. And raise up a name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the king says, oh, no. No, I can't do that. That would mar my inheritance. But Abraham says he goes that one who had option on you was the devil. He says it caused you to sin and first you belonged to him because you were his property and you were born in sin shaped in iniquity. But he said he could not redeem it. He could not redeem it. He said that he could he said so Christ come and was made man and we I don't again don't have time but Boaz as Boaz says okay I'm gonna redeem Ruth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- take her and, and, and she's gonna be mine. But what I, what I so want to just try and convey is that Boaz, if I could even take this moment, he says Boaz wasn't after the land. <laughs> Boaz wasn't really caring about the land per se. He had his eye on another. He had his eye on Ruth. He posed the question even so that he could come in with a strategy. You want the land? No, no. Oh, but you must have the girl. Wait, I don't want the girl. Oh, that's okay. Ah, I do. I'll just take that land. But what he had in his heart was that Ruth, he could redeem Ruth because, because redemption, because with Boaz, when he could redeem Ruth, it was the full part of it was actually to bring forth seed. So that the lineage continue on. That's why the Redeemer came. He wasn't concerned about nothing else but you. All he cared about, I have to redeem a bride because I need to bring my seed out of her so that the Word could be manifest again in this day. It had nothing to do with the land. It had everything to do with you. So that the Word of God could be deposited into a bride and she would have full claim To everything he is. Amen. It's far deeper than just buying some land. And redeeming land. It's so that the word of God. So that the seed of God. Could come through a people. A pure virgin word. A bride that could then birth the word of God. And give you everything. Everything. You know. Brother Bram speaks about the abstract title deed often. My goodness, I had to skim like a bunch of pages there. But you know, that can get confusing sometimes. Some people say, well, that's an abstract. I don't understand that. That's okay. You know, the abstract is, I'll read it for you. It's the title of a written record of a property's legal history. So I can have the title and it can say, here's it is, and this is who owns it. Well, that's wonderful. That's nice. I have the title, I hold it. Oh, okay, well it says who owns that. Oh, wonderful title. But the abstract, it gives you a legal history of everything that has gone on, on that piece of property. And so when you hold an abstract, it's, it gives you this running list of every purchased. Oh it's moved from this person's hands to this person's hand. To the, and they, ba- they paid this much and they paid that much. And then they sold that. And it gives you this long history. Like a title search. But it's not a title search. Because a title search goes only so far back. But an abstract the abstract of the title goes all the way back to the very beginning. And it gives you everything that transpired. Whether there's a lien on it. Somebody has a will, you know, some inheritance that it's owned to somebody. Or some, some issue with the property. You can say, well, uh, I own the property. No, but there's a massive lien on it. And actually they get 99% of the funds if this property sells. So you really own 1%. Which could be like 100 bucks. So the abstract tells you everything. It's really important. Much more than really the title. Because it tells you who really owns it. Amen. And that's what happened when Christ redeemed us. When Christ redeemed us. Amen. That Brother Bram says, that's why you have the abstract. Because it's the Holy Ghost. As Abraham, he believed, but he then God gave him a sign. Brother Bram says, that's the abstract. Saying that everything... Everything all the way back, nobody owns you. Nobody has a lien against you. Everything that you did wrong is gone. It's been bought and paid for. Oh, but my sins, their sins are gone. They've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And you can go through that whole abstract. It might have been 80 pages long. But when Jesus Christ saved you from your sins and His Holy Spirit entered into you, that abstract, is like a blank piece of paper. All that's there is that she's been bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb. The Lamb. That's the abstract. That's what you have claim on. It's yours, the full redemption of Jesus Christ. Then you are sinless, spotless bride of Jesus. Oh, he said, Lord, I want that abstract. That's why the Holy Ghost. That's why a new birth. That's why it is so important, because that is what gives you the surety. There's nothing against me. You know, that's why Satan pounds you, says, oh, you're not Holy Ghost filled. Yeah, you, you, you know, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that's your abstract. Because that's what you hold. That has proof that there's nothing he can hold against you. You have full access, full authority, full claim to everything. Because you hold that abstract. And that's why he pounds you and pounds you and pounds you. It's a good sign when he pounds you on that, you say, sorry devil, you're pounding, don't do no good. I'm clean. I've been bought by him. Amen. Why don't we stand? Amen. You know, God don't stop at just claiming. Boaz didn't stop at the gate and say, wonderful, here's my shoe. Redemption's been done. I've redeemed her wonderful and then he left and we saw him no more no that's not how it worked he then went back he says i got a young lady i gotta go meet and preparations were made for a big day and god redeemed you and i he redeemed us but he's coming to possess us there's a big day coming he says Everything I redeemed. I gave you the abstract. But there's going to come a day. When I full claim. Full possession. And I'm going to possess. And take my bride. Waiting bride away. Amen. Full redemption plan. Will then be accomplished. But here we are. Just waiting. For that full possession. To take place. Amen. I don't think I could end the service. Without singing. Arise. Possess. Your inheritance. Amen. You can sing that with me. We'll start with the first verse. Entangled in heavy chains. Amen. to May 2023, it's still the year jubilee. That ain't over. Amen. I pray as we come into camp, we got camp in a week, in a half a week. Well, two days for me, but maybe a little more for you. But I'm praying that you walk into camp. I remember last camp. I remember last camp. I remember a lot of you last camp. You were somewhere around here last camp. (laughs) Amen. I say you're free. Amen. If there's something that somehow stepped onto your little property, and has walked a little, a few steps into your boundaries, I say tonight, you say, I say claim it. I say you walk over there and you boot him off. And you say, Mm-mm. God gave me a liberty to praise. God gave me a liberty to give, for, give uh, uh, adoration and love to His name and to worship. And they sing Hallelujah. And, uh, and and my prayer life has been never been the same before. But someone, some little devil stepped on your land again. I say claim it tonight. Leave nothing unclaimed. There's no way to go into camp. There's no way to go into weekend of meetings where you say, well, we don't do camp time, you know, camp time experience. No need to do I. But this is a time that we have a special time. Just as we had a special time that we can have a, just an enclosed encounter with our Lord Jesus. Set aside the things of the world. And Brother Branham, he said, I just read today, he says, well, I just got a. They gave me another room, a room to myself, because at night time the angel of the Lord would come. So he had his own room Not with somebody else Because the, the Lord came Into his room And he said he would tell me Everything that was going to happen The next day So we're having a little, a little Enclosed room At camp We're just going to go Into a little room And Lord Jesus You're going to come And meet us At nighttime. Amen That's why we're coming to camp It's a special time Don't leave anything unclaimed And you go into the camp And say well I got this on me And the devil's trying to have, No deal with it right here Deal with it right here. Don't let nothing, because then you can go into that set of meetings with just liberty. You can be at the end of this meeting in liberty, and God can do you do you more than you can ever ask or think. I pray you're coming with some great expectation, because what I know last year was something beyond my expectation, and it can just keep keep going. Amen. So I pray that you would do that as you just ponder where you are spiritually. Where have you been this year spiritually? He said, Lord, I'm leaving nothing unclaimed. I'm claiming it all. And I'm walking in my land. And I'm going to rehearse it. As Caleb would have done. Over and over. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Give us the courage, Lord. Boldness as Caleb did, Lord. Lord, he was surrounded by for many years around a lot of doubt. Lord, he went through the wilderness. 40 years but he held the promise Lord that you gave him in front of him and he stood firm Lord and I pray Lord as a body of believers Lord we may be in a wicked generation but Lord you could give us the courage and the faith Lord as Caleb had to stand firm on your word and keep Lord claiming and keep the promise before us Lord and not allowing one little bit of doubt to encroach on our land so Lord I pray Lord as we go into this camp season Lord, a special time for our families, our little ones, our our, our youth. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, you move in a unique way. Lord, a special way. Lord, each person, Lord, would just really set themselves aside as we've prayed much. And Lord, desiring that you would move so that, Lord, somebody, just even one person, could walk away from camp holding the abstract that they would know I'm a born-again God has filled my soul. His spirit has entered into me and I am a new creation. Even just one soul will be worth every aspect of energy. So I pray, Lord, we keep our eyes focused. Lord, we let anything petty aside. We don't let any of these little things get in our land. And Lord, we will just come completely pure and clean. And Lord, ready for you to move on the scene. So I commit our people, our church, Lord Brother brother Dwayne brother david lord as they'd come lord to prepare and to minister lord i pray you anoint them lord for the service and the tasks ahead lord and the burden that is on their heart may you oh god give them the liberty to unburden it lord and a freedom to speak what you placed on their heart to us lord we will receive it lord as we know it's coming from you and not from man so we commit our people to you now in jesus christ's name amen amen god bless you have a wonderful week Pray for us as we change gears. (laughs) Second gear. (laughs) For those of you that were 50th anniversary, you'd remember that. We're dropping the gear. Next gear, amen? We're going forward. We're running for Christ. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you at camp. For me, I'll be at camp. See you next week. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.